Time for the Surf Pro of Champaign and Vermilion County High School Prep Football Confidential. You're on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Surf Pro, like it never even happened. Here are the hosts, Colin Likas and Jim Rosso. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential. That's Colin Likas across from me, and he's got his game face on already because you know why? It's playoffs. It's, it is the playoffs. It's we playoffs. have 19 teams. That's right. Ready to roll this weekend. and Telling Jim beforehand it's more than last year, even though for some reason it doesn't feel like it's it more doesn't than last year. Because we don't have those state title locks that we had last year. You know, you kind of felt that Monticello, Gibson were going to win state titles last yeah, year. Yeah, Jenna had a good chance. They were a one seed. We had three one seeds last year. This year we have one two seed, and then it, it falls off from there. But that doesn't mean we don't have teams that can't go on a run. We're going to talk about some of the teams that might go on a run. Well, I'm going to put the pressure on one right now Go for a it. team that i've been lauding all fall okay and that's the unity rockets there you go all right so no pressure coach hamilton yeah they, uh, they got a four seed that's one of our better seeds so uh yeah i would Te- say unity is definitely a team that can how run. else to celebrate a new field and a new mm-hmm. scoreboard and a yep they got everything going on and so the re the restarting of a playoff streak after the previous one ended at 24 years it's time to start another 24 year streak for unity right. playoff this is Jim Ross with Colin Likas, Evan Con, Tamara McDaniel, helping us uh, finish out the the run of radio mm-hmm. shows. We don't know how long we'll go because if nope. everybody gets eliminated, no pressure, guys. Yeah, we, we if everyone gets eliminated. We don't have anyone to talk about. We're not going to talk about teams. They're two hours from here. Yeah. Nobody can hear hear up there. There you or go. Down there, depending on where they are. There's a crazy thing called the internet these days, Colin, where people well, can actually listen to a podcast. For yeah, example, but I mean. <laughs> If we're going to do it only for for that, I, I mean I that's it. I get it. But yeah, we got a lot to got a lot to talk about. Nineteen teams. We only got two matchups this year where it's area team against area team. Last year we had five in the first yeah. round, and this year we only got two. So we got a lot of games actually to play, and that doesn't even count all the eight man playoff games that got announced on Saturday as well. So we've actually got twenty two playoff teams, nineteen and eleven man, and three more in eight man. I have here in my hands the eight man bracket yes all right the coveted eight-man tournament yeah. bracket we've we've we had Ju- we had some judah christian kids on earlier in the season and judah made the playoffs and all right, uh, we're gonna be seed yep we're gonna be talking with uh, a different eight-man programs coach tonight schlarman's matt blurton his team is the sixth seed uh down there and then you got milford is the one seed because they're the reigning state champion and they haven't lost since they started playing eight-man so uh we're gonna talk with coach blurton we're gonna talk with a couple 11-man coaches oakwood's al craig they get to host their first playoff game over in fifthian in almost a decade like uh, that? on friday night too they're playing a friday night game not a lot of friday night games this year only only two uh for 11-man oakwood and prairie central the only two teams that are playing on friday night uh and then we're gonna talk we're gonna tell, I forgot who else I was going to talk with for a second. We're talking with uh, Mike Allen, of course, Gibson City, Melvin Sibley yep. football coach, two-time defending Class 2A state champion. Boom. Tell you what, here's why you hang around toward the end of this show, not only for the top 10 rankings that Colin will unveil. They'll be in tomorrow's News mm-hmm. Gazette if you want to wait till then and buy it's a It's going to be the uh, last rankings before all area because teams are starting to get eliminated, okay. and that means it's kind of unfair to start keep ranking teams when there's not everybody's involved. But so. here's why I'm going to stick around for the show yeah. tonight. I guess I have to, you, but if I did, you should. I might leave early and go join the <laughs> gang at the Esquire. But Colin is going to give us his regular season player of the year and coach mm-hmm. of the year. Yep. All right? That I've doesn't got mean them, got them all planned out. That doesn't mean that's how it's going to wind up in no. the paper in December when we go the all area route. 
No. Right? Because things could change. Playoffs happen. Teams go on runs. Some kids rush for 700 yards in a single game. Yep. That's slightly unrealistic, but you, you get you get the point. Sure. So we'll do that later in the show. Can't wait to see where Colin goes because really there's no clear-cut mm-hmm. guy yet. No, it's not like last season where we had – uh, multiple undefeated teams at this time last year, and we would say, oh, it's going to be a kid from one of those teams because they're undefeated. I mean, it's hard not to pick a kid from an undefeated team or a, or a coach from an undefeated team, which is what we ended up doing last year. We had Braden Snyder and Cully Welter from Monticello. Would have been just as easy to pick some kids from Gibson City. Could have even picked some some people from Argena because they almost went undefeated. So uh, this year, though, it's a little different. We didn't have an undefeated 11-man team past week six, I believe. So, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's a different vibe, but that's that's a good thing. It makes for some challengers. All right. As always, follow along this show not only on the radio but on Facebook and G Preps. You, know, you can go to uh, Snapchat. Colin's mm-hmm. made a couple appearances already today. And uh, follow along on Twitter where Colin is always active. Always trying. Easy place to find his highlights from the games he covered. And here we go. Last week, game, week nine, you were not at a football game. I was not. I was at a soccer match okay. over at Urbana High School. Football. Yes, different kind. Muhammad Seymour and Urbana. It was a little physical, though. There was some physicality. I mean, okay. uh, Chippy, there, I there, think. There always is. There always is this yeah. time of year. Muhammad ended up winning. First regional title in four years for them. So I'm, uh, so I'm going to go watch them as well as Champaign Central play in Bloomington tomorrow. They're not playing each other, though. They're playing okay. separate teams, trying to advance to face each other later in the week. We are a friend of all sports. I know it's That's the true. prep football confidential, but uh, we'll uh, we'll tip our hat to uh, the volleyball players who start playoffs this week tonight yep. in fact you know we should we should mention it is prep football confidential okay. i got a football note that's not it's a former area standout okay. uh ryan shalafu mm-hmm. champagne central mm-hmm. uh it's a, unfortunate circumstances but uh the starting kicker over at louisville tore his acl last week uh and ryan shalafu's the backup former champagne central maroon so ryan shalafu looks to be the starting kicker for louisville football which got, is pretty impressive got some action last week already uh, he was on the central's last really good team mm-hmm. a semi-finalist i think yep. back in 2016 if i remember sounds right yep. was a soccer Under Nate player Alba, yep. much like this year's tim turner outfit where he allowed soccer right. players to come in and uh, do some kicking santi rodriguez price punk a uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a great way to cross over between uh, between teams. Really, saw Tim Turner Saturday night. He was very <laughs> ecstatic, not that he missed the playoffs, no. mind you, but that no. the the fellows uh, in uh, the Maroons outfit played on a miserable, rainy <laughs> Saturday yeah. on the road in Peoria and closed the season with a win. Yeah, it wasn't going to be a game where a lot of points were going to be scored. 23-18 was the final against Peoria Manual. And yeah, kind of a disappointing season for uh, Central after last season. Some folks felt like they exceeded expectations. So this year the expectations jumped up from outside the program. And unfortunately for Central, they weren't quite able to make the playoffs. But uh, yeah, 4-5 and five in, in a rugged Big 12 conference plus Metamora is not a bad finish at all, and hopefully there's something to build upon moving forward. All right, here's – you want to know my team of the week? Go for all it. All right, I've been trying to tell you this the last I, couple I think weeks. I know who it's going to be. I, well, something but I want to hear it. All right, I saw Brad Eukin from the Farm Bureau last week, okay. and he was saying, you know, Muhammad's playing better. He's got a yeah. kid involved. And I said – Watching, they're going to beat Richwoods. Mm-hmm. All right. And they and, sure did. And what happened? They won three in a row to end the season. Things started off rough under John Adkins, who we had on this program all the way back uh, in week one. But, uh, excuse me, yeah, Muhammad really turned it around in the back end of the regular season. Not enough to make the playoffs, another four and five team. But, yeah, uh, uh, knocked off Richwoods, got a touchdown with less than two minutes to play, and the defense held strong. So, yeah, really positive vibes in uh in Muhammad going into 2020, what I what I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say Danville. 
because we were on the Big 12 vibe, and they, they mm-hmm. earned a huge win last week over Peoria Rich or Peoria Notre Dame, excuse me, uh, a Notre Dame team. I predicted Notre Dame to win uh, in our predictions. A lot of other yeah. staffers predicted them to win, and Devin uh, Miles scored five touchdowns in one quarter. So Take that. There Colin, you go. <laughs> is what he said. <laughs> Danville scored said. 35 points in the third quarter, and Devin Miles scored all five touchdowns. Yeah, so, don't pick against us is what they – I guess not. They were chanting afterward. They were not given an easy draw in the playoffs either. We're going to talk more about the, the playoff matchups later on. But, yeah, Danville got a 15 seed in Class 6A. That's a rugged draw. We'll expand more upon that a little later on, though. All right, kind of like the theme of uh, the 2019 season, other than those two, not a lot of close games in Week 9. Just a lot, nope. of, a nope. lot of big spreads covered. Yeah, um, Gibson City beat Deer Creek Mackinac 19 to nothing, but I think that score would have been higher if Gibson City was playing fully healthy to their lead running backs, Aiden Lowry and uh, – Peyton Keene were held out with injuries. Actually, Aiden was injured during the game and was forced out of the game. So hopefully those two get healthy in time for the playoffs. Uh, Bismarck getting a good win over Seneca, 28-0, which actually was one of the closer games, honestly. Uh, important win for uh, the only team that was left on the bubble for us. Uh, Tri-County beat Saragorda Bement big to uh, make sure that they got into the playoffs. And uh, Arthur and Villa Grove had a really competitive game. Uh, it was scoreless at halftime. There was no score. Arthur scored all 23 points after the break to beat Villa Grove and get a better playoff seed than Villa Grove uh, was able to accomplish. Uh, those are some of the some of the quick hits, some of the highlights. Uh, Jordan Wilson was at Monticello St. Joe. Monticello pulled away in that game mm-hmm. down the stretch. Uh, another situation, just like Arthur Villa Grove, where two teams were fighting for playoff seeds. Monticello won, and they got. Uh, um, uh, I would say a much more comfortable, cozier, winnable matchup than St. Joe Ogden probably did. Okay, no offense to uh, Devin Miles, but my player of the week okay. in week nine was a bunny, Tyler Wilson. I think that's fair. Yeah, uh, Tyler Wilson, who's had some ridiculous single-game totals this year, uh, another 415 yards against Leroy where he didn't even play the fourth quarter. Uh, but this time, uh, that allowed him to break Fisher's single-season rushing yardage record set by Colton Unzicker in 2009. Uh, the record uh, was previously 1,523 yards. Tyler Wilson now has 1,863 yards, so he broke it by a significant margin. So congrats to Tyler Wilson on that. We had him in the studio uh, earlier this year along with some of his teammates. And, yeah, he's had some huge outings this year. I don't even think this is his biggest of the year. I think he had a close to 450 against Madison uh, earlier in the season during a non-conference game so uh yeah tyler wilson if we're talking uh player of the year candidates definitely up there all right the westville tigers won the coal bucket is that sure did they had to play it on saturday along in the rain we had we had five games on saturday i believe which is really odd especially for week nine of the regular season uh, four eleven man, one eight man, but yeah, uh, Westville took the coal bucket game over Georgetown Ridge Farm. Westville finished four and five, which pretty significant improvement. Westville went over the season last year, so uh, that's a that's a good improvement for Guy Goodlove's team. And I know they have a lot of young players, so Westville could be a team to watch out for next year. All right, there's going to be a picture of the Tigers, the muddy Tigers in <laughs> the uh, muddy, w- muddy Tigers. Wednesday's high school confidential, a good uh, cel- celebratory trophy shot that uh, we'll run. This is in. This is why we. Uh, this is why we do Facebook Live. Okay. Somebody just told me. We always get good uh, listenership from uh, Fisher on Facebook Live. Sure. I was just told by a commenter, I'm going to have to go look into this afterward, that Tyler De- uh, Will Delaney, sorry, Will Delaney, the quarterback, broke a, a passing record as well, oh. which I was 
just was not informed about. So I'll have to go look into that after this. All right. The informal Facebook rankings. Uh, <laughs> Fisher uh, checks in at number two behind Mrs. Likas. Mom. <laughs> does, and, does not have a team, but yes. And the Gibson City crowd is number three. Ross Brown chiming in, I do believe, last week. Yeah. Uh, like the uh, always files uh, short short recaps for yep. us from the Gibson City Thank games, you, which helps us a, a great deal. All right, tell you what, we are going to go the eight man route. Uh, talk about that uh, fourteen team bracket when we come back uh, from our first break. We'll be right back. Now back to the high school prep football confidential, brought to you by Surf Pro of Champaign and Vermilion County. Surf Pro, like it never even happened. 6.15, Jim Ross with Colin Likas, dark downtown Champaign. At least it's not foggy anymore. It was foggy till like 11 a.m. here today. You were up by then? <laughs> I was. I was up well before then, actually. I got to sleep early on Sunday because I was tired from uh, from the wedding I went right, to those, on Saturday. <laughs> those high school fans wondering where the heck Colin was on Saturday and Sunday. He, had, he actually took a day off. I had Anthony fill in for... Anthony went out and... Uh, yeah. Sat through the miserable rain over at Centennial to he watch Champion Central Soccer told me win. To say thanks, yeah, Colin. I thanked him personally earlier today because I saw the pictures from that game and uh, it looked it looked really really it, sad. Wet it was miserable. Yeah, yeah. It, All right. It, it hey, didn't, but didn't look fun. Congratulations, to the Maroons. Great photo of Judd yeah. Wagner jumping on our Player of the Year after one of his goals. Yeah, reigning Player of the Year. is going to, De, to going to DePaul to play college soccer. All right, Ed Bond uh, stopped in the studio. He, you know, he was down at the Esquire, part of the that show from 5 to 6. He's on his way to Papa Dell's to hang with uh, Levy Smith. That show should have some electricity. Yeah, two wins in a row. We're talking bowl games now. This is crazy. Yeah. All right, on today's uh, podcast, Inside Illini Basketball, we actually talked football with Scott Ritchie. Did we? And he uh, he says they might not lose again. Wow. Both state, season. I mean, it's possible. Rutgers, Northwestern, those are winnable games. I know that much. Sure, Michigan State's hurting. Yeah, uh, they really Iowa are. Iowa is beatable. <laughs> right? Uh, let's, not, let's not go I mean, I'm, that's, I bet, just my, that's just my opinion, though. That's just my opinion. All right. I, a, I see a nice three and one in those four games. Take a listen. See what uh, yeah. it's uh, available but at uh, newsgazette.com right now. But let's go eight man. Yeah, we got to stick with the high school ranks uh, right now and specifically eight man football, which we don't get to talk a lot about, excuse me, on here. But I am glad to be joined now by Schlarman football coach Matt Blurton. Matt, thanks so much for being part of the show this week. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, I know we talked back in the uh, preseason when you were first getting this program going, Schlarman breaking away from the Hoopston area, Armstrong Potomac, cooperative, going to eight-man football, bringing football back to Schlarman, which won state championships in 1980 and 1981. Um, before we even talk about the playoffs, just your assessment of how this first year went with eight-man football at Schlarman Academy. Well, we, we were very fortunate to have a you know, great group of kids that just totally bought in from day one what we were trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, we had probably half our team have never played football before. So the good thing it was they didn't have any bad habits. So we were able to, you know, teach them the right, the right things out of the gate. And like I said, they, they totally bought in and did everything we asked of them. And it's, it's really a special group of kids. Well, uh, you guys had a, a heck of a travel for your Week 9 game. You went over to uh, Wisconsin, I believe, and uh, pulled out a victory there to get to six wins on the season. Uh, just tell me, I know obviously there's not uh, an overabundance of eight-man programs in Illinois just yet, so there's going to be some long uh, trips required, but what was that like for you guys? You know, that was actually, believe it or not, one of our short trips. We, <laughs> we've kind of done uh, 
we've kind of become road warriors. We went went over to Hanover, and we had about a five and a half hour bus ride for that one. And uh, the Wisconsin was just you know right around the corner compared to what we have been going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I, I mean tell uh, tell the folks as well, folks who are listening uh, both on the radio and on Facebook Live. Obviously, with uh, the number of eight man teams not quite as large as there are eleven man teams, just what it has been like uh, to to establish travel plans to to get prepared on a weekly basis, get these kids ready for these games. What has that process been like for your you and your staff this year? Well, we've been really fortunate. The schools, you know, have been cooperating and lets us out, lets the kids out of school early. Um, and the kids, believe it or not, love it. They they love playing, you know, going to schools they've never, ever been to. And um, it's just been a really great opportunity for them. It's been a great experience. Uh, we actually kind of enjoy the travel. It hasn't, hasn't mm. been that bad at all. Okay. Well, uh, I know uh, looking at your guys' box scores, uh, fair, fairly prolific offense. Uh, didn't really uh, need too much offense in the uh, the last game up in Wisconsin. But uh, in general, you guys have uh, been clicking pretty well on offense. Uh, who are some of the guys you would highlight on that side of the ball? Well, offensively, you know, our quarterback, my son, Marcus Blurton, he's had a terrific year. He's over passed for over 2,000 yards, um, over 20, like 27 touchdowns is where he's at. And he just got, he's got a special connection with Vaughn Black and uh, Rance Bryant, our two receivers. Uh, Marcus has been playing with, with Vaughn for, you know, 13 years. They both started in kindergarten together and, you know, come up and they've just got a special connection. And uh, they've, they've been really something to watch offensively for us this year. And uh, talk, to me, talk to me about the defensive side of the ball as well. Uh, only allowing, I believe, seven points during that Week 9 matchup. So uh, it seems like things are clicking at the right time. Would you say that's the case? They are. Well, we, we finally made some adjustments and moved some key personnel around. It really benefits us. Um, you know, Seth Bennett is one of our middle linebackers, and he's just he's had a phenomenal year as a junior. Um, he's been a real big asset to our defense. Um, especially after we lost you know, one of our key defensive ends to uh, Michael Welsh. He went out with a torn ACL about halfway through the season, uh, which kind of you know set us back a little bit. But um, we've got some kids that really stepped up and helped. Talking with Schlarman Academy football coach Matt Blurton, and I uh, talked before we uh, before we got started here. Talked about the the state championships. Schlarman won eleven man football back in the early nineteen eighties. Uh, can you just talk about what uh, the response has been in the community to the revival of this program and what it has been like to fill the uh, the seats over there uh, just outside Schlarman Academy? Yeah, the, the the vibe in the community has been great. Um, you know, and in the school as well. Everyone's excited about football being back on the hill. Uh, it, it's amazing. I still get questions. You know, what is eight man football? Do you guys mm-hmm. flag football? And I said, like, no, we've actually got shoulders, you know, shoulder pads, helmets, we hit and everything. It's just like real football. But <laughs> a lot of people don't know what eight man football is. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, but yeah, the, the response has been just been, been great here at Schlarman. Yeah, I mean, uh, getting to grow that brand as well. I know that's something we've talked about. And obviously, I mean, you guys are kind of secondary founding members of this eight-man association, being part of the second wave of teams to to come through and join the association. I mean, what has it meant to you and these kids to help grow that brand as it seems like eight-man football is taking off a little bit in the state? Yeah, I I really, truly believe that this is going to be the future of Illinois football, uh, especially for all these smaller schools and with soccer becoming so big in schools, mm-hmm. um, we're losing football kids. You know, I just think it's going to be the future um, of that. It's 
it's really fun, kind of exciting about establishing a new tradition here at Schlarman mm-hmm. with the eight man football mm-hmm. as well. Um, it's it's just been a real exciting, you know, process for all this. Well, uh, while the IHSA 11-man pairings were getting released on Saturday night, uh, the 8-man association pairings simultaneously were coming out on uh, the 8-man YouTube channel, and you guys uh, drew the number 6 seed, uh, get to face Rockford Christian Life uh, as a, uh, they are a 7 seed, and you get to play a rare uh, Friday night playoff game, uh, Friday night, 7 p.m. So uh, first of all, how cool is it going to be to be playing a playoff game on a, on a Friday night over there in Danville? Well, we're excited about Friday night, but we're more excited about we're, we're going to host our first home playoff game since 1988. Hmm. So 30, it's been 31 years since you know they've had a home playoff game here at Schlarman, and um, we're we're really excited about that, and you know hopefully you know get a lot of fans out and support it. It's it's going to be great. And then just uh, game planning for uh, Christian Life. Uh, how do you guys come out of that matchup with a win? What is it going to take to uh, to to withstand that pressure and uh, make the make the home fans go home happy? Yeah, we uh, Christian Life. They're you know kind of a touch you know a tough te- team to scheme against. Uh, they they got two or three kids can hit you in different ways. Um, so we're we're still kind of you know planning all that out and getting that matchup, but. Um, you know, I, I just I'm excited about uh, about playing Christian Life. We hadn't haven't played them all year, so first time playing them, so we're, we're looking forward to it. Matt Blurton, Schlarman football coach. Matt, thanks again for joining us on the show, and good luck to the boys in the playoffs here. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Hey, that eight man football, Colin. You know, it might be a smaller tournament, mm-hmm. but the rings are just as big as anybody. Oh yeah, right? we uh, we got pictures in the paper last year of Milford's Man. rings. They were uh, they were nice. There were some nice rings, and yeah, they're they're the tournament has uh, grown in size significantly. They only had four teams in the tournament last year: Milford and Judah Christian, uh, two of them. This year, we got fourteen teams: Milford, Judah okay. Christian, and Schlarman among okay. them. Which is the first to go to 11-man, do you think, out of that bunch one of these days? Go back to 11-man. That's yeah. an interesting uh, question. I, If I had to pick one of those three, although I don't know if that would – I don't know if it would happen or not, I would say Milford probably would. But okay. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough question. All right. As Colin said, good luck to all those teams. Tell you what, we're going to turn our attention to those 11-man groups. We're talking to Oakwood's Al Craig after this break. Welcome back to the Surf Pro of Champaign and Vermilion County High School Prep Football Confidential. Surf Pro, like it never even happened. Friday night football at Oakwood. You can't top that in the playoffs. No, Friday night football, mm. really anywhere. But yeah, over in uh, football crazed Vermilion County, I think that's uh, yeah. that, that hits home even better. Sure. Good fundraiser for that program, too. You know, you get, mm-hmm. you get Friday night to yourself, first of all. You're not right. trying to share it with Illinois football, which... Nope. Used to be a big deal, Colin, back in the day when Illinois was had it going. And, when and they were drawing fans te- really well. Teams yeah. would try to uh, not go head-to-head with them on Saturday during the high school football playoffs. Well, it might be might be a bit, a bit of an issue this year, mm-hmm. considering the, the wins they're coming off of and play, playing an opponent that seems ripe for the picking for another one. All right. Well, the following week, they also play at 2.30, Illinois does. So if you're, you're going to play round two in the playoffs, schedule that game for like noon. And Almost all of our games this week are at <laughs> 1 or 2 o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. You you go noon you might get the news gazette there all right yeah there's my scheduling tip of the day i like that i like that all right. but uh since you brought up oakwood uh glad to be joined now by the coach of that program al craig al thank you so much for uh, being part of this show once again 
Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Of course. Well, uh, you guys uh, ended the season on a uh, positive note, knocking off rival Salt Fork, guaranteeing second place in the uh, Vermilion Valley Conference. Uh, how important, especially after not uh, coming up short against Bismarck, how important was it to end the regular season on a solid note like that? Yeah, you know, uh, it, it feels great. I mean, it was it was it was very important for us to get those that momentum going into the playoffs. You know, momentum can carry you a, a long ways, and you know. Look no further than in baseball right now with the Nationals. I mean, mm-hmm. momentum has carried them all the way to the World Series. So uh, we're kind of hoping we find that lightning in the bottle, and I think we, I think we found it the last few weeks after after the Bismarck game. I like that comparison. Well, uh, one thing that I've uh, definitely noticed about your team, and it's something we've talked about in the past, uh, the run game, very diverse. I know Colby Smiley has been dealing with some some uh, nagging issues, but uh, he, he rushed for over 100 yards last week, so obviously he's feeling better. But, you know, as Colby's been on the sideline, you got guys like Jack Carey and Gavin Klaus and uh, Josh Young last week, and there's other guys I haven't mentioned who have stepped in for him. I mean, how how many heads does this running attack have right now? Is this like a four or five headed running attack at this point? Uh, you know, we like to think that. Um, we, you know, we we kind of just ride the hot hand. You know, sure. I mean, whoever's kind of going in that moment is kind of the guy that we keep feeding. And then if you take that guy away, we got another guy ready. You know, and that's kind of been our mantra since I've been here at Oakwood. You know, last year we had you know Nick Grubb and Colby, and that mm-hmm. was kind of our one two, and then. Jack kind of came along towards the end of the year, and um, so now we we kind of carried that over to this year, you know. And all those guys are friends, and they they work on things with each other, and they talk about things, and you know they're each other's biggest fans, and it's kind of cool to watch, you know. Whoever's taken off, everybody's excited, you know, just because we want to win football games. So, uh, you know, right now we 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 are we kind of got it rolling, and when you get Colby back. Um, that's just a bonus at this point, you know, because we've had Gavin playing really well in his absence, and then, you know, you get a you get a an all area caliber player back, mm-hmm. and you've already been rolling. That's just that's just a bonus. Absolutely. Well, on the defensive side of the ball, I know one guy we we talk about a, a fair amount this year is a Cade Borden, who I know is a wrestler as well. He had t- he had twelve tackles against Salt Fork, and I know he's uh, put up double digits in at least a couple games this year. Uh, what can you say about the what he provides, what Cade provides for this uh, defensive unit? Cade Cade is our energy. He's he's kind of our heart too. Um, he does a lot of different things really well. Um, he is rarely out of position, so that leads to a lot of tackles for him. And uh, he's just so athletic playing that D line spot that it's hard for teams to block him. And you know, if you can't get past the first level, you're not gaining many yards. <laughs> and Kate's kind of our our uh, run plugger stopper guy. I mean, he's just he does everything for us, and he, he, it's really fun to watch. Talking with Oakwood football coach Al Craig, and uh, really, uh, it's it's always interesting to me to watch the the hard hitting style that the Vermilion Valley Conference brings. I know uh, there's other teams in other conferences that bring hard hits, but you know when I was at that that game against Bismarck, I mean there were just you could hear the helmets popping, and I mean with the teams like your guys's team and Bismarck and Salt Fork in the playoffs, uh, how do you feel that physicality and that energy uh, hel- helps out uh, those teams, your team and the other two Verm County teams? Uh, in the postseason you know I, I i think it helps us a ton you know a lot of a lot of football nowadays is going more to spread them out and and you know air it out and those kinds of things not that that can't be 
smash mouth or good mm-hmm. football in its own sense. But for us, I mean, in, in the v- Vermilion County, I mean, you look at the offenses we run and it's just in your face. You know what we're doing. Please try to stop it if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and we don't get away from that. So it, it, it helps us a ton, you know, prepare for the playoffs too by playing teams like that because we know we've probably played the most physical team we're going to play all year, you know, mm-hmm. just from in our conference. And it's not a knock on anybody else, but it's just that nasty, tenacity <laughs> football that you get in the Vermilion, Vermilion County, you know, and it's not even it's not even short to just our conference. I mean, you look at when I was at Central, Danville mm-hmm. used to be like that too. I mean, it was just that nasty physical football and and that's what you need and when it gets when the weather when the weather gets cold and the and the weather gets bad rainy whatever and those teams are always find a way to grind it out in the playoffs right right well uh you guys uh, get the eight nine matchup in class 2a you guys are uh, hosting nokomis both teams are seven and two but uh a little different than a lot of other playoff games you guys have a 7 p.m friday uh kickoff can you explain what all went into uh making that the time versus the one or two p.m saturday time we've seen a lot of other teams go with um you know i not a lot went into it honestly we we set out for a saturday afternoon game that's kind of what we wanted and mm-hmm. You know, Nokomis kind of wanted a 7 p.m. start. And, you know, the more I kind of thought about it, the more I was like, you know, we'll be the only show in town. <laughs> and uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It keeps us in our routines and things like that. And, and you know, it kind of just uh, for our kids and, and being in the drought that we've been in playoff win-wise, it kind of just turns it into another football game for us. And, you know, that pressure is not put on us and things like that of a, of a Saturday afternoon. So that was kind of, you know, the silver lining in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, we're excited about it. You know, like I said, only show in town. You know, I think we'll have a big crowd and a lot of people, you know, that don't really have an affiliation with either team there just because they love football and mm-hmm. we're the only local team playing. So we're, we're excited about that. Certainly. Well, uh, as far as just getting to host a game uh, at all, it's been almost a decade since Oakwood football has hosted a playoff game. So just uh, what does it mean to this program to be able to, to bring that to the community, as you said? Yeah, it means a ton. Uh, we, you know, that was kind of an unwritten goal of ours going into the season. You know, nobody really said it, but it's what we all wanted. We wanted to be able to host a playoff game. And not just that, we wanted to get back to the playoffs again because back-to-back playoff appearances hadn't really been done in a long time either. Sure. So, you know, we looked at we looked at the schedule, we looked at the team we had coming back, and we were like, you know, we could we could do this. You know, a, playoff, a home playoff game is not out of the realm of possibility. And, um, you know, to have it happen is just huge. And, and the community typed up about it. You know, I know our boys went to a, uh, a pancake breakfast there in town Saturday morning, and everybody was hyped up mm-hmm. and – excited about it and there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about Oakwood football right now we're pumped so uh it's good it's good to be able to do that for the community Al Craig Oakwood football coach Al thanks again for for taking the time good luck to the boys on Friday and through the rest of the playoffs all right thanks Alan it's about 6.37 here in downtown Champaign. Uh, we have one more guest tonight on Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential, that being Gibson City Melvin Sibley coach Mike Allen. Uh, also going to break down all of the 11-man matchups for the playoffs involving local teams, so be sure to stay tuned. Now back to the High School Prep Football Confidential, brought to you by Serve Pro of Champaign and Vermilion County. Serve Pro, like it never even happened. 
640 downtown Champaign back with the Serpro Prep Football Confidential. Got us for the next 20 minutes or so. That was our last break of the night. So let's pack in as much high school football as we can here. It's time to break down the uh, the 11-man playoff matchups locally. I'll also mention the 8-man ones, which we've, we've mostly covered already. But 11th uh, uh, seeded Judah Christian takes on Pawnee, the number 5 seed and 8-man. Schlarman hosts Christian Life. And then Milford Cisna Park, which is the 1 seed, is going to play the winner of a matchup between Alden Hebron and Bunker Hill. So those are your eight-man matchups. On the 11-man side of things, we'll start with the biggest school, 6A. Danville made the playoffs, but they drew a 15-seed tough matchup. They get number two, Chatham-Glenwood, which is a 9-0 team. They will play on Saturday at 1 p.m. Uh, in Class 4A, you got number 13, Clinton, visiting number four, Unity, for a 2 p.m. Saturday matchup. Then you got number 10, Prairie Central, visiting number seven, Richland County, for a uh, 7 p.m. Friday matchup. Uh, that's another one of those Friday games. Jumping into Class 3A, this game's really interesting because it might not happen. Uh, number 12, Chicago Carver, visiting number 5, Paxton Buckley-Loda for a 2 p.m. Saturday time. That was just decided earlier this morning. Uh, the reason it might not happen because of the ongoing Chicago teacher strike. Chicago Carver is one of the schools impacted. If Chicago Carver is not practicing by Wednesday, they will have to forfeit that game. Plenty so, more in tomorrow's News Gazette on that, yep, Colin. Yep, we talk, I talked with uh, uh, Josh Pritchard, the Paxton Buckley-Loda coach, as well as Brock Nyber, the PBLAD, uh, certainly an unfortunate situation for Carver and uh, the other schools that are involved in, in a similar capacity. Hopefully the strike gets resolved uh, for more reasons than just this, but also for this reason. Uh, also in Class 3A, you got St. Joseph Ogden, a 15 seed, taking on number two Williamsville at 1 p.m. on Saturday in Williamsville. And number 10 seed Monticello is visiting number seven Ducoin for a 2 p.m. Saturday uh, matchup. Sage's upset. With the upset. That is entirely possible. Yep. Class 2A, we've got number 9 Tremont visiting number 8 Watsika for a 1 p.m. Saturday tilt. Uh, number 12 Rushville Industry is traveling to number 5 Gibson City Melvin Sibley. Uh, I'll talk with Mike Allen in a little bit. I was surprised GCMS was a 5 seed this year, although I know there's uh, playoff wins and things of that nature that factor into that. Uh, number 9 Nokomis visiting number 8 Oakwood. Just talked with Al Craig about that. That's a 7 p.m. Friday kickoff. Uh, number 13, El Dorado, is visiting number 4, Bismarck, Henning, Rossville, Alvin, for a 1 p.m. Saturday game. Uh, number 12, Villagrove Heritage, is going to number 5, Nashville, for a 1.30 p.m. Saturday start. I believe that's alone. Oh, no, there's one more 1.30. A little further down. Let's go, Blue Devils. Two 1.30 matchups. Yeah, there you go. 12, Come on. 12 fives are always good upset candidates Hawks, in NCAA, whatever right? You're, so whatever you're high going school. by. They are going Blue Devils. They go Blue Devils for <laughs> All this. Right. Uh, number, and rounding out 2A, number 11, Flora, is visiting number 6, Tuscola, for a 2 p.m. Saturday matchup. And then we've got five Class 1A matchups here. Number 9, Cumberland, is visiting number 8, Fisher, 2 p.m. Saturday. You might remember that matchup because they literally played each other in the exact same scenario last year. So they're doing it again this year. Uh, number 13, Tri-County, is visiting number 4, Arcola, for a 1 p.m. Saturday matchup. Arcola hung 60 points on the Titans earlier this season. Number 15, North Green, is traveling to number 2, Argenta Oriana, for a 1.30 p.m. Saturday kickoff. Quick note, I know playoff wins factor into this, and Argenta Oriana beat four teams that are in the playoffs. 
I, I'm just very curious about Argento Oriana as a two seed. I'll say that. No, nothing against the Argenta kids. I love Steve Kirk and I love the kids, but I'm very curious about them as a number two seed. Uh, number 10, ALAH, is traveling to number seven, Carrollton, for a 2 p.m. Saturday kickoff. And then number 14, Salt Fork, is visiting number three, Camp Point Central, for a 2 p.m. Saturday kickoff. Come on, Storm. Pull that stunner like you did at Stockton and. 2016. Wow, there's a reference right there. I like that. So yeah, those are all of our local uh, matchups. We will have capsules uh, coming up uh, throughout the week in the paper. I gathered a ton of stats today, not from all of the opponents yet, but from a lot of them. I was able to find a lot online, thankfully. And yeah, there's some uh, some interesting stuff I've uncovered so far and uh, getting ready to share it with you guys. Uh, hopefully enjoy the capsules in print and online. But uh, we mentioned uh, earlier, Gibson City Melvin Sibley will be hosting Rushville Industry in Class 2A, and I'm glad to be joined now by the coach of the Falcons, Mike Allen. Mike, thanks so much for being part of our show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, I know uh, the, the last two years, obviously, with unbeaten teams that wound up being state champions, uh, seeding was, you know, uh, kind of expected to, to be a, at a certain point this year. Uh, with the one loss to Fieldcrest, you guys get a number five seed. I know there are playoff wins that factor into this, but were you guys kind of surprised by the five seed at all, or is it something you're not really uh, thinking no. about at this point? Not really, because all the the four teams ahead of us are all north. They, uh, you know, you have three undefeated teams, mm-hmm. and then you have uh, uh, Sterling Newman with one loss. So that kind of we knew that if all of them kept up north, that we would, you know, be there at the fifth seed. Sure, sure. Well, uh, you guys, uh, besides that loss to Fieldcrest, you guys have looked pretty good. Uh, I know there there were some uh, some injuries, uh, some guys banged up for the win over Deer Creek Mackinac in Week Nine. But uh, other than that, how are you feeling about the direction of these guys going into the playoffs? Really good. Uh, you know, our, our passing game's coming along. You know, towards the end of the season, we, we, you know, Kate got some confidence. You know, after four or five games underneath his belt at varsity quarterback. Our defense, you know, has played well all year, but it really played well the last three games. Mm-hmm. So the kids have a lot of confidence. Uh, you know, last week Peyton Dean, our fullback, was out with a sprained ankle. Could have played if we need them, but we, we wanted to kind of give him a rest. And Aiden Lawfrey went down the first play of the game. And uh, he, uh, you know, is going to be able to play. He's okay. So mm-hmm. we're, we're healthy finally. Everyone, you know, will be dressed, ready to go Friday night. Or on Saturday, excuse me. Good deal. Well, uh, yeah, you mentioned we, we talk about the, the run game for your team quite a bit, but yeah, Kate Elliott coming along really nicely. What developments have you seen from him at, at quarterback throughout this year? I, I, his reads. He, he's making really good reads. Uh, earlier, he's trying to go too deep, and, and in our progression, so those shorts deep. Uh, he was just looking deep and, and, and kind of overlooking those uh, shorter receivers, and, and lately he's been, you know, spreading the ball around. You know, two weeks ago we had. Uh, Kate was 11 for 16 and passed the ball to seven different receivers. So wow. he's keeping his eyes open, and his scrambling ability has just really improved week to week, and he's able to get away from the pass rush and make good decisions. So we're very happy with his progression. Well, you did mention uh, when you first got on, the defense has been showing up. And, yeah, three of the last four weeks, the game has ended in a shutout. I believe you guys have allowed 38 points uh, through nine weeks. So uh, I, I know there were some key losses uh, last year with graduation, but uh, what has been the key to this defense playing as well as it has? Just, just uh, kids uh, working hard in the offseason in the weight room, um, watching huddle and, and listening to Coach Augsburg, our defense coordinator, and the rest of the coaches. Have them prepped, have them prepared for the game, and, and so they're able just to, to play football. They don't have to stop and react. You know, they know what's coming, and they're just playing football and, and having fun doing it. That's the key. We kind of 
got away from the, uh, the the fun aspect of it, and and, uh, and the kids kind of realized, hey, let's let's enjoy this. We have four years of football, and let's make the most of it. And, and they're playing more relaxed and having fun doing it. I believe we may have talked about this before, but you talk about the fun aspect, and uh, I know you never want to lose, but the fact that you guys uh, had that loss to field Chris kind of ended the win streak, maybe allowed you guys to reset a little bit. Do you feel there was some benefit to that loss in some ways that you're maybe seeing now? I, I, I do. Our, our kids are, are, you know, they, they they didn't lose that game by a blowout or anything no. like that, and I think it gave them confidence. Hey, we come back and play these guys. Uh, coach will do a better job of making play calls and, uh, you know, put us in better positions. And, and our kids, they walked away with confidence from that game, realizing that, hey, those guys are big, they're strong, they're physical and aggressive, but we still played with them and, and would like another shot if we could. Talking with Gibson City, Melvin Sibley coach Mike Allen. And I know uh, over these last two years, uh, you guys making deep runs in the playoffs has allowed us to see some uh, some teams that we don't normally see. And uh, Rushville industry probably falls into that category as well. I mean, what in early preliminary looks uh, have you learned about Rushville industry and what they bring to the table? In, in, last time we saw them was in 1998 at, down there in, in the second round of playoffs with Coach Jennings. And, uh, you know, they're very physical, very aggressive. Hey, Coach, how do and uh, they, they have a lot, you know, they have 11 returners back from last year's team. Uh, they're, they're playing very aggressive. And, uh, you know, they, 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 have, they have a couple of injuries also. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm at a volleyball game All right good, now. Mike. Watch my daughter just finished. So, <laughs> so I apologize. Um, how are you, sweetie? Yeah. And, um, but, you know, we, we have two films on them, week seven and week eight. Uh, they're they're uh, a wishbone team. They, they run right at you. And uh, have three outstanding running backs at their quarterback. And their their defense is just aggressive, five two, and, and uh, they're just coming at it. They, they I, you know, read something. Their their mantra this year was just being physical and aggressive, and uh, they are they are that. Well, uh, before we let you go, Mike, I'll let you uh, uh, say your say your hellos to everybody over there. But uh, I know uh, last time I <laughs> no, you're fine, you're fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, the last time I was over there uh, watching you guys play against Fisher, I know uh, Bryce Barnes was there as well, uh, current uh, University of Illinois football player. How exciting has it been to mm-hmm. see uh, with with Bryce attached to that team now? How exciting has it been to see Illinois uh, do what it has the last couple of weeks here? I don't know if there, if Champaign was more excited last week when they kicked that field goal or people in Gibson City because uh, <laughs> that was fun to see. Bryce was on that, that, that PAT team, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he's on bottom of the pile. So to see and hear everything that he went through, and, I, you know, I texted him right away, and I said, how cool was that? He said, Coach, that was so stinking cool. <laughs> it was just amazing. And, and you know, we, we have 11 kids playing football right now at different colleges, so mm-hmm. that's exciting to see and, and to see what they do. And when they come back to visit, you know, that's, a, that's part of coaching that makes it fun is talking to those guys and keeping those relationships with them. Uh, last, Real last question this time. Did Gibson City Volleyball <laughs> just win its regional quarterfinal? Yeah, yes, they just beat Watsika. They they got they did not play very well the first game <laughs> and then came back the second game and won the third 24 to like 18 or 19. I was trying to poke my head in and see it as they are playing, but uh, they, they finished strong. Well, I appreciate I appreciate you taking some time out uh, out of that uh, to <laughs> chat with us, Mike. Uh, good luck in the playoffs. Be talking to you soon, I'm sure. Okay, thanks, Colin. Take care. Eleven Falcons playing college football. Yeah, that's big time. Including uh, Ben Freehill, who's a kicker over at Oklahoma mm-hmm. State. Uh, I know he's uh, not the starter at this point, but still Division One kicker. And Bryce Barnes uh, at the bottom of the pile for a game-winning field great? goal against Wisconsin. There Fantastic. you go. Fantastic.
Well, uh, you want to you want to do uh, speaking of Bryce Barnes, he was a guy who could have been a Player of the Year candidate at one point or another. Well, as we teased earlier in the show, I, I'm putting pressure on Colin. I need to know after the regular season nine games who mm-hmm. his coach of the year is. Could be Mike Allen, right? Who yeah. his player of the year is. All right, doesn't mean again in December we're going to name these guys as our two award winners. But right. who you got so far? I will say, Mike. I don't know if Mike wants to be our coach of the year again because we made him sit in front of a camera a couple of years mm-hmm. ago when he's our coach of the year, and he he wanted all his assistant coaches to to get the limelight <laughs> for a little bit. So uh, only if we can get the the assistants in the photo. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say for coach of the year right now. I think because of the bounce back uh, associated with this program, uh, Scott Hamilton over at Unity also the ad of the unity rockets there are some other good candidates as well but yeah the fact that they missed the playoffs last year and they've bounced back so quickly to look like such a dominant team they are two points away from being nine and zero in the regular season uh and their lone losses to a team that has a number one seed in the playoffs so i mean that's uh, that tells you pretty much everything you need to know about the way unity's going right now so i'm going to say scott hamilton for for coach of the year through nine weeks all right so you got a couple games left uh, for players of the year making their push but yeah. uh, who do you have so far yeah Colin? this is a much tougher one uh, there's a lot of guys who could really qualify and you know what a name we keep seeing a lot of and he played a huge role and the team's win uh, to, to secure a playoff spot last week was Danville's Devin Miles. Uh, just a junior, had, uh, like I said earlier in the show, had all five touchdowns for Danville in the third quarter as they ran away from Peoria and Notre Dame. And every week he has at least like two or three touchdowns, uh, kickoff returns, rushing, punt returns. I mean, there have been a couple games where Danville's been shut out or scored seven points, but pretty much every other game where they score more than one touchdown, it's Devin Miles, Devin Miles, Devin Miles. I feel like mm-hmm. at this point how much he has contributed to Danville making the playoffs again after missing last year makes him a player of the year candidate and a player of the year front runner through nine weeks. All right, there you go. Our leaders in the clubhouse, a long way to go. Uh, We'll go to a top 10 next Colin that uh, will again appear in tomorrow's news Gazette along with the pairings again. That's right. This will be our last top 10 before uh, all area coverage comes out in December. Uh, we will fill our shows from here on out with just more interviews and more stats mm-hmm. and more stuff like that, which you, you guys all like to hear more of that Excellent. anyway. You don't want any rankings, of course. Uh, there's no fun in rankings, right? That's that's sarcasm. Well, our number 10 team this week, uh, no change for the Fisher Bunnies. Fisher is 7-2 and two on the year. They put up 55 points on Leroy to close out the regular season. Uh, as I said earlier on, they received the exact same Class 1A matchup in the first round that they did last year, taking on Cumberland in an 8-9 bout. Our number 9 team, no change this week, the Arcola Purple Riders. Purple Riders are 7-2. They beat Decatur Lutheran to close the regular season. Uh, they bring in Lincoln Prairie Conference rival Tri-County for a first-round playoff matchup 4-13 seed. Number 8 team this week, no change once again, the Monticello Sages. Sages are 6-3. and three. They earned a critical win over St. Joseph Ogden to get to a 10 seed in Class 3A, where they will take on DuCoin, a number 7 seed. And our number 7 team, also out of the Illini Prairie Conference, the Prairie Central Hawks. Hawks are 7-2, and two, no change in ranking this week. They beat up on St. Thomas Moore to close the regular season. They draw a 4A first-round road matchup with Richland County in a 10-7 matchup. Last year, they had an 11-6 against Murfreesboro that they narrowly lost, so they'll try to uh, make up for that this year. 
And our number six team this week, again, no change in the ranking, the Paxton Buckley Loda Panthers. <laughs> Panthers got off to a slow start against Dwight in week nine before pulling away 41 to 21. Uh, as we said before, Paxton has an uncertain future for its first-round playoff game. They host Chicago Carver, but Carver may be affected by the teacher's strike, so we'll see what happens there. Our number five team down one spot this week despite winning the Tuscola Warriors. How is that possible? Well, I mean, all of our teams in the top ten won this week, so thing, things happen. You'll see why. Tuscola is 7-2. and two. They defeated Meridian for their fifth win in a row to the Warriors. They start the Class 2A playoffs as one of the smaller teams in Class 2A with a home game against Flora in a 6-11 seed matchup. Our number four team this week up one spot, the Danville Vikings. Danville is 6-3. and three. Their offense could not be slowed down as they put up 49 points on Peoria Notre Dame in Week 9 to get into the Class 6A playoffs. They will take on Chatham Glenwood and try to pull a major upset there. Our number three team, no change this week, the Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin Blue Devils. Blue Devils are 8-1. They shut out Seneca 28 to nothing to close the regular season. Good win there. And uh, Bismarck starts off the postseason Class 2A by hosting El Dorado in a 4-13 matchup. You don't have anything to say ahead of this? No, of, uh, I'm this? just still right. shaking my head about Tuscola. <laughs> <laughs> number two team this week. Different number two team this week. The Gibson City Melvin Sibley Falcons. <laughs> Falcons down one spot despite lose, or despite winning, just like Tuscola. Gibson City is 8-1 after overcoming some injuries that Mike Allen talked about to defeat Deer Creek Mackinac. GCMS welcomes in Rushville Industry for a 5-12 matchup in Class 2A. And our new number one team this week going into the playoffs at 8-1, the Unity Rockets. <laughs> Unity is up one spot this week after beating Bloomington Central Catholic in its regu regular season finale. The Rockets got a four seed in Class 4A, and they will host Evan Kahn's alma mater, Clinton, in the first round of the playoffs. About time the Rockets get up to number one. Come well, on. getting a four seed in Class 4A was the deciding factor for me. Uh, with with uh, Gibson City being a five seed in Class 2A, I felt that Unity was deserving of pushing ahead. Uh, going into the playoffs despite both teams winning in week nine. All right, Colin, where are you going to be this weekend? Well, we haven't quite figured out Friday yet. Still working on that. Maybe Oakwood. Okay. Fifthian. Uh, Saturday, feeling like Unity right now. Clinton Unity uh, over in Tolono. Hopefully the weather's nice. Supposed to be. A little chilly, but at least dry. So it's supposed to snow on Halloween. Hopefully it doesn't snow during the football games. So I'm sensing this was a strategic move on your part to move Unity up to number one and then attend their game. <laughs> and then attend their like game. Like a hero. Yeah, I'm a con I'm coming in as a conquering hero. Really, I just wanted to see Hicks Field again with that beautiful right. turf setup. Get a pork chop sandwich, of course. Mm, I'll think about it. As everyone should if you go to Tolono for a ball game. I'll think about it. All right. Well, follow along, Colin, on Twitter all during the playoffs. He'll keep you updated, give you all the stats, everything you need to know. Colin, have a great week. You too, Jim. That's it for this week's episode of the Serve Pro of Champaign and Vermilion County High School Prep Football Confidential. We'll keep going as long as the teams keep going. So we'll be back next week right here before the Coach Lovey Smith Show on News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign-Urbana and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana. As I said, the Coach Lovey Smith Show up next down at Papa Dell's. Brian Barnhart set to talk with the coach. Illinois coming off two wins, trying to make it three this weekend against Rutgers. We'll see what Lovey has to say. Talk to you next week.